welcome, everybody. I am the Crypt Keeper. Wait, that's a real one. Yeah, that's probably I'm taken. The, I'm the Grave Teller. I tell <laughs> the stories of the grave. Yes, we're in the spooky season of January 2023, <laughs> and I am here with spooky stories that'll shiver your timbers. I'm a pirate. <laughs> oh, I'm here with scary stories that'll shiver your timbers and and keelhaul your soul to the depths of fear. Look, I didn't plan my introduction, but welcome to a bonus episode of Escape This Podcast, where we are doing a choose-your-own well, uh, give yourself goosebumps. Yeah, that's the one. We- if you like that intro, you'll hear plenty more like that if you sign up for our Patreon, where we do this sort of thing a lot more. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but welcome to the dark depths of this pirate graveyard. It's Davy Jones. The- this is not a pirate theme. It's really book, not. By the way, this is about shopping in a in a, in a shopping center in the nineties. The scariest place of them all. But we can't do this alone. I think we've done these. Have we done these on the official Escape This Podcast feed before? We must have. Good question. And if we have, we've we've either done them alone or we've, we've occasionally had the Yule Brothers on. But yeah, uh, I can't remember which one's a real channel and which one's a Patreon but channel. But we have a, a fun new guest for this, but you've heard him before. It's Michael Cambo Campbell. Welcome, Cambo. Welcome back to the show. Gar, thanks for having me, Hearties. Ah, he's a pirate too. <laughs> we didn't plan this, but he's dressed as a pirate and wearing <laughs> the eye patch. I've got my booty. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, we we are going to do a choose, uh, give yourself goosebumps. We're going to, reader beware, listener beware, because we'll choose the scare. Oh. Um, Danny, I think, is narrating. Are you Absolutely. Of course I am. Now, I have a question. This is an authentic copy from my childhood, published uh, 1998, purchased for the price of six ninety five, according <laughs> oh, to the back sticker. Book. Um, now, my question is for so ages eight to twelve. I'm going to get to my question eventually. Hmm. Where are we're we're basically twelve. Um, my question is, Cambo, you're here. You're going to make choices and run through a book. I'm going to make choices and run through a book. Yep. Are we doing this like together as a team, or are we having competing reads to see who's the better goose? I'm assuming you're a goose in these books, right? <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon? I think that we work as a team, Bill, because. Because then I, I want to make this pleasurable for all of us. And if Danny's <laughs> having to go back and forth between you as a crypt, a grave whisperer and a pirate and then two other adventures, uh, her head might explode. That is true. Okay, we'll stick I, together. I'm all for working together. Yeah, okay. two parts of the same brain. And now we have, we've, we've, we've shed the pirate persona. I have one question left, though. Wait, but we have to we be a started. cool radical kid from the 90s. Okay. Why? Do you, were you going to say, were you going to ask us what I was going to ask were? a sincere question. Which is? Cambo, what's your Goosebumps experience? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, I read the books as a kid. I, I watched the TV show as a kid. No. Uh, I even saw the, the later Jack Black movie Yeah, Absolutely. as a Wait, fully grown adult. Movie or movies? Well, did you see uh, the sequel? I Catch did, Goosebumps 2? So Return this was the at, at a time I used to work for a cinema company, so mm. I watched everything. So <laughs> I, I did watch the Goosebumps sequel, even without Jack Black in it. I even have a masterclass course from R.L. Stein. I've yet to do it. But the reason I picked that one is it's the one people have said actually has the most practical day-to-day writing advice is because oh, he's like it. a, he's a very prolific writer. And apparently his yeah. course is very good at being like, this is, this is a system of how to write consistently mm. more so than any other one on masterclass. Everyone's like the R.L. Stein one's really good. Yeah. That's it's like really a practical awesome guide, I suppose. Instead fair of a, enough. 
yeah. artistic lesson. I look up to R.L. Stein quite a lot when it comes to writing things. Mm. I don't think you'll find anyone who has the clarity that he does and can do things as well. And I argue the most feminist writer out there. You think... All people. Wait, hold on. You think your argument is that R.L. Stein is the most feminist author. 100%. The most feminist author I've ever read. Well, that doesn't need backing up. I think we can move on. <laughs> fight, fight any argument against me. Like He has like all of the characters cycling between being male and female leads. They constantly, like they are able to have consistent healthy relationships between genders. There are differences in the way they behave in subtle socialization ways without it actually like impacting things and things happening because you're a girl or because you're a boy. It's really neatly, elegantly done. I don't know um, if you know this, Bill, but the RL stands for rad ladies. That's uh, what it's all about. Rad ladies Stein. Stein. <laughs> I've also... That makes him less of a feminist writer, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like this. <laughs> I have heard just like off, I've never fact checked this, but people saying that Goosebumps started out in intentioned as a series for girls. Oh, fun. which I find interesting. And the first couple of books do have do like the first couple of them have girls as the narrators. Well, there you are. That's interesting. That is amazing just, that that God, happened in the nineties and that they mm. didn't color it pink. Right. Yes. <laughs> in the nineties, that was the thing, right? Exactly. For girls, blue is for boys. Though, You'd have separate aisles for the girls' books and boys' books. That being said, uh, they say the green is a very gender-neutral color, which is kind of the color palette of the Goosebumps. That's the color of Absolutely. Goosebumps. And then the bad guy in the front of this book is purple. You know what's so also it's for bisexuals. an interesting point? <laughs> the titles on all, all of the... The word Goosebumps on all Goosebumps covers tends to be a little uprisen, or is that just mm -hmm. the Give Yourselves? Maybe it's that's like just embossed, the Give right? Yeah, it, a, it is. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if that's, you know what? I hope people at home weren't expecting us to read this book. No, no, even, <laughs> We're even just going to talk about the cover you can't see for a while. Even on the normal ones, they're embossed. And weirdly, I want to say that that is a big thing for girl stuff to actually have something tactile. Girl mm. stuff is meant to be, oh, it's talking. It's maybe taking care of a peeing baby, I guess, is the most tactile toy you get. Yeah. But actually being able to do stuff with your hands is always gendered as such a boy thing. Yeah. And even this subtle thing of having an embossed cover feels really important. It feels special. All right. Sh should we rate this adventure then on the Bechdel test? Are you, are you aware of this test? Oh, yes. Oh, if boy. any two female monsters ever fight each other but not trying to kill a male victim, exactly. that passes the Bechdel test. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Considering uh, people only ever talk to you, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I reckon let's get going. Let's let's start the adventure. Let's see what let's it is. Go. Now, reader beware. You are in for a scare. So just if if you're if you're faint-hearted, or uh, you have a or, or or easily spooked, or if you've already got goosebumps, stop listening now. So we are reading. Give yourself goosebumps. Number twenty-five. Shop till you drop. Dead. Oh my god. <laughs> dot 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 in the title and everything. I love yeah. it. But I love the Goosebumps think. title. Goosebumps title is always great. Mm. <laughs> All right. We're going to start out with uh, you talking. You talk first in this one. Okay. <clears> so, so what, vo what voice? voice am I giving you? Oh, like this. Okay. You got to try and do this voice. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm picturing Titus right now from FF10. But a thousand years in the future? No, no way. Yeah. Okay. Do that. <laughs> I was thinking Gilbert Gottfried, but all right. Oh, yeah, do Gilbert Godfrey. I'm still barely a month post-COVID. I cannot do Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Talking about voices, I had a Your revelation the other day. Your is not cursed. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, I had a revelation the other day when doing, when about impressions. 
And I want to see Campbell. You're a person who knows uh, movies. You know, you know people. You know actors and, and directors. And I want to see I'm if you agree. I'm a mover and a shaker, Bill. Yeah. You're a mover. You're a shaker. <laughs> I want to see if you agree with this. If you want to do an impression of John Malkovich, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the same. As a Werner Herzog impression without the German <laughs> accent. Oh, okay. If you can do Werner Herzog and remove the German, you end up at John Malkovich. Are you saying that like everyone can do a Werner Herzog impression? Like <laughs> everybody that's a can do a Werner Herzog. <laughs> so everyone take your Werner Herzog impression and, and then just, just drop the accent. Strip the accent and you get to John Malkovich. I think this is true. Try it at home and yeah. email me. See, tell me, tell me how it goes. John Malkovich also has a weird, slightly. Christopher Walken ex uh, Walken ex. He does. Does. I then agree so with does that. Werner Herzog. He does, yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, so uh, we're Werner Herzog, if you can. Just, I cannot. Just throw it out there I absolutely child. cannot. All right, John Malkovich then. That's fine. <laughs> this is going to go poorly. No, please stop. Everyone's clamoring. Your father's store is not cursed, you oh, tell well. Reggie Mayfield. And we're going to prove it. Uh yeah. Your best friend Julia Grace. Uh, this is going to be a cinch. Julie's already best friend. Mm-hmm. It's late at night, almost 12. You, Reggie, and Julie sneaked out of your houses to meet at Mayfield's Bazaar. You and Julie have a bet with Reggie. You're definitely going to win. You just have to spend one hour in the store. One, one hour, hour. Not even overnight. After midnight, it has oh, to okay. be. Oof. Now, if you win, you get to pick anything you want from the store for free. Ooh. If you lose... You have to do Reggie's stinking math homework for a month. What? Hold on, wait. Why does it stink? I understand it's probably tedious, but why does it stink? Reggie, I, what have you done? I fear this isn't a properly sanctioned uh, promotion from the, the mall, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Oh, by the way, Dad, sorry. I said my friends could, uh, could have anything they want. Did you let them stay in the store after midnight? Yeah, okay. Did they take the cash register? They did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they asked for the second floor. <laughs> they asked for the deed to the to the property. I don't know. Damn it! Why do we keep that in the store? <laughs> well, Reggie insists that terrifying things happen after midnight, and you're not going to last ten minutes. You scoff at him. You're sick of his stories. No, the store isn't built on cursed ground. No, there are no monsters that come out after midnight. You just don't believe it. And Julie rolls her eyes. She's about to say, "Oh." I can't wait to pick. And then she stops. Her eyes widen and her face grows pale. She points a shaking finger at the dark, empty store. You look at where she's pointing and there's something white moving in one of the windows of the bazaar. And you get chills on your skin. Is that a skeleton? You see a flash of red. It's looking your way with its piercing red eyes. You're about to scream and it blinks and it blinks again. Its eyes look exactly like a car's blinking tail lights, uh, and its body looks kind of like a white curtain behind the glass. Ah, uh, it's the evil <sighs> car curtain. It's going to kill us. <laughs> and even Julie was a little bit nervous about that, and she sort of whispers to you, oh, "We can still back out." Wait, sorry, sorry. Is is what we saw that we thought was a monster a window with a curtain? And behind that window, out in a car park, a uh, car. The reflection, probably, of some taillights. Man, we're real jumpy. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a stretch. I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's like a model of a skeleton that's for sale at the skeleton store. It's at the Halloween store or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's a car somewhere and a curtain. I don't think we're going to last an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
So yeah, you're getting a little nervous. You even think maybe the stories are true based on this experience wow. that you have just had. No, it makes sense. But this then, is... sorry, that's that's a page two problem. By page three, you get a grip on yourself and the story is not cursed anymore. Oh, God. oh good. Yeah. I was going to say, this person's very easily led. Uh, it's not cursed. What's that, a reflection? It could be cursed. <laughs> what, what can reflect light other than a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> so you reassure Julie they're just stories. There are two of you, so you'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. And then just to make sure that she's on board, you tell her to think of the prizes and you say, I'm going to pick. Oh, this a what choice? do you think you, no, no, it's not oh. a choice, but what do you think your character says that they're going to pick? Remember it's the nineties. Mm. I think we're picking the cool new game console. And that's the words that he uses. Yes, for it. I think that's the word. You know what? Yes, word for word. I'm going to pick that game cool console. New, yeah, I'm going to pick that cool new game console for playing video games. Uh, 90s. Is it a collection of Beanie Babies? <laughs> oh, off, but they can't. You can't say yeah, Beanie yeah, Babies yeah, in a book. That's true. I'm going to take a bunch Beanie of Beanie Bears, Bean filled babies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Besides, you add with a grin. Think of the prize. I'm going to pick. A stereo or some rollerblades. Oh, or both. And you can rollerblade with a stereo on your shoulder. I wasn't ready for it to be quite so rad. What a rad kid. Oh, and what about Julie? She jumps, she jumps in here. She nods so hard that her dark curls <laughs> bounce and she says, Yeah, I want a snowboard. Oh, oh these are the okay. raddest kids in the world. These are snowboard kids. <laughs> So Reggie just warns you that you'll be sorry, and he shakes his head and says, I left you some instructions inside. <sighs> so, so Reggie's not even coming in with this. He is. Oh, no. no. He, he knows that it's haunted. He doesn't want to I, risk his life. Yeah. I feel like when you do like a Guinness World Record attempt, there needs to be someone there watching the attempt to prove it was valid. Because what's I... to stop us sneaking out the back door for an hour and then walking well, back through? No, you're what you, you're that, missing. That's going to be a page four problem. Yeah, the page oh, four okay. scene of "I am the ghost of a Guinness World Record <laughs> referee. <laughs> I have my ghostly clipboard, and getting the next record is my unfinished business. <laughs> I'll never know who can jump the most cans." So, just to show how fancy this store is, you and Julie climb the marble stairs to the front door. <laughs> I think we you should be going in. for more than just a pair of rollerblades, Bill. <laughs> we are the ghosts of the workers upon whose back this building was built. <laughs> our blood and unpaid labour haunts these halls. So you unlock it, you step into the store, you see jewellery, sunglasses, watches all around you. It's pronounced Julie. Uh, well, Julie <laughs> heads over to one of the jewellery cases. And she says, oh, cool, there are splotch watches here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh. The most valuable treasure of all. Oh, so she grabs one to, and you say, yeah, great idea, so we can know when it's been exactly an hour. Oh, so we're already mm. looting. Okay, oh, she, says, she says borrowing. <laughs> sure, mm. sure. I'm sure but she then, does. Uh, she on... saw that marble staircase. <laughs> she lost all compassion. <laughs> I won't miss a couple of splotch watches. <laughs> on one of the other cases, you see a cardboard sign taped to it. And you go, oh, this must be from Reggie. Because there is a note and you can see it. Oh, can we see it? You can see this picture. Oh, I will describe take, this picture. Yeah, take a look. <laughs> and you can also show it on the webcam. No. So uh, I'll find. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a glass case. It's full of little boxes and sticky taped to the front of the, actually, I will have to show this to Cambo, is a note. And the note says, go to floor 
one? Or does it say go to floor seven? There's no way of knowing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. There, there is a downward turn to the, to the top. Yeah. Which, which indicates but a the, one, but none, no bottom stroke. Exactly. Mm. We don't one. know the angle. If he crossed his sevens, yes. we wouldn't have these issues. And this is your first choice. Is, what is it? Is it a one or a seven? Should you go to floor oh, one or floor yes. seven? And then you have a little bit of a bicker. Wait, aren't we on floor one right now? No, no, this is main floor. It's different. We're on the mezzanine. <laughs> the marble staircase took us to the mezzanine. So it is up to you. Is that a one or a seven? Is that a one or a seven? I... We're going to protract her out and check the angle of that line. <laughs> I think seven, because if you're going to be lazy and not do the stroke at the bottom of the one, you probably wouldn't do the one at the top. You'd just do a single yeah. line. That's That'd be wild. I think let's go to floor eight. Ah. He wanted us to see the ambiguity. He wanted us to see the ambiguity and add the two numbers together. Because <laughs> Reggie works on a different level. Uh, let's go to floor seven. I love it. All right, well, it seems that floor seven is the top, so this is the decision to start at the top and work your way down, which that seems reasonable enough. So you head for the elevator. Let's get as far from the exits as possible. The (laughs) antique brass doors slide open and you walk in. Beautiful. You take a look at the splotch watch. It's two minutes before midnight, and so you figure, great, you'll just start at the top, bang on midnight, you'll be fine. You're totally going to win this bet. Seventh floor, ivory and pith helmets. Elevator (laughs) lights up. Seventh floor, there are dim security lights. Uh, it looks like this is women's clothes. You see some sweaters, women's sweaters specifically, and then racks of dresses on the walls. And you called him a feminist. <laughs> and uh, you go, all right, seems okay. But then you hear a snap <gasps> sound and the elevator shakes. You grab the wall to keep your balance and then you hear a pop and a ping. It sounds as if the cables holding the elevator are breaking. The elevator doors are starting to close, so you yell, oh, quick, jump out! And you and Julie dive through the closing doors and you roll onto the carpet. You hear another snap, and then you hear a bang, and the elevator whooshes all the way down the shaft, and hit. you hear it hit the ground eight stories below. Wow. <sighs> Did you maintain your elevators? I, I, it, was, it was a ghost. Yes, it's a ghost, did it? Oh, we always thoroughly maintain and repair our elevators. It must have been a ghost. So you sit on the floor gasping for a second, and then you jump as you hear a huge gong. I like the onomatopoeia. Because, oh, it's everywhere. They're all capitalised in exclamation marks. I love it. And there it just happens to be on this floor a large grandfather clock nearby that tells you that it's midnight. Nice. So Didn't uh, even need the you... spot watches. Could you keep gonging, Danny? That was only one. I'm assuming there's 11 more. Uh, hold on. Well, hold on. On this page, does, gong, does gong, gong, the final strokes ring out. We got to cut a little. Okay, good. Ah, So, it's midnight. That means the monsters should start appearing any minute. And uh, you stand up. And as you stand up, you feel a strange rumble and a massive jolting shaking the actual floor underneath you. So bad that it makes you fall over again. What's going on? Julie cries, and you wonder the same thing. And then you remember one of Reggie's stories is about how earthquakes shake the store at midnight. It's the ghost of an earthquake. It's so weird that these monsters have a, sh- a schedule. Like They're very they, polite. they must lay in wait to be like, guys, it's eleven fifty-eight. We can't go out haunting yet. We need for the, we'll wait for the twelve dongs, and mm. then we'll go. 
No, no, you just don't understand the mystic power of the witching hour. <laughs> That's true. It's when, it, when, when at midnight all the ghosts and the ghouls come out. Come on, Cambo, have some, have some imagination. <laughs> Embrace the horror. Oh, the floorboards under you, they're shrieking and twisting, <gasps> and with great groaning sounds, they pull apart. The floor is collapsing under you. Oh, no. So you shout to Julie. She's got the floor one. <laughs> forget the bet. We've got to get out of here. A huge chunk of plaster falls from the ceiling and almost hits Julie right in the head. The stairs, you scream. Where are the stairs? And then Julie yells, I see the stairs. Oh, that was easy. Well, actually, she just sees a flickering exit sign, but close enough. It's all the way across the women's clothing department, though. You're not sure you can make it over these floorboards. What should we do? I don't know if we can get over there. And Julie suggests frantically, well, we could try to climb down the elevator shaft. I think there's supposed to be a ladder inside in case you get stuck. Well, that's not a bad idea, but maybe the stairs would be safer if you can get to them. Which do you choose? One of them is most definitely going to kill you right away, right? I mean, sure. I mean, Bill, the, the diehard John McClane fan in me loves the idea of climbing down an elevator shaft. True. Much like he does in that film. But the Mission Impossible fan in me <laughs> knows that elevator shafts killed Emilio Estevez in that movie. So I don't know what to do. Mm. The, the Spider-Man fan in me <laughs> thinks that if we go down the elevator shaft, it might save us. There's danger, but generally a superhero will come and save you. But yeah. the Jumanji fan in me worries <laughs> we'll get sucked into the floorboards and merge with the, with the floor itself. So I don't know what to do. Danny, can you think of two more movies that involve floors Was and I shafts? meant to be listening to you? I okay. was too busy reading ahead. My thought is, if we go down mm -hmm. the elevator shaft, yeah. like, would, like lo okay, if I'm taking this from a logical perspective, we'll, we'll die. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're worried the building is shaking so much that we won't be able to walk across the floor, but holding onto a ladder over a seven-floor drop is going to be much safer. Also, we came up in the elevator. It would be boring if we went down the same way. Yeah, we need to explore new things and, and, and diversify our sphere right. portfolio. Jumanji be damned. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we go across the floorboards. Let's cross. All right. It's too dangerous to go down the elevator shaft. We might fall, you say to Julie. You hope that she can hear you. This is a very loud earthquake. We, we got to take the stairs. Well, then we better run, Julie shouts back. An elaborate crystal chandelier crashes to the floor inches away. What is this store? <laughs> but also, like, have you noticed that the floor is now cheap floorboards? Yes. So they no, no, no. Yeah. that. Those are mahogany boards. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking floor... like Bill, I don't think so. <laughs> the floor is the deck of the ship that was used to, to import the marble for the staircase. It's the same kind of deck you get on the Titanic. <laughs> With a tremendous burst of energy, the two of you sprint across the floor. You duck, you jump over fallen merchandise, you do the full obstacle course here. It's quite impressive. But when you're only a few feet away from the exit sign, you skid to a stop. An animal crouches in front of the door to the stairs. A furry, four-legged animal. Okay, good. Let's play a game. What animal is it? Who's going to eat this child? I can, I can yeah. give, give you the rest of the page if you like. No, no. That's already too much information. A big animal. It's furry and it has four legs Make that thick. a very big animal. It's very, very big. This is becoming more like Jumanji than we, than we expected. Yeah. This is our worst fear. There's animals yeah. running around. Hairy four-legged. 
Are you thinking it's in the cat family? That would make sense. That, that's, not, I, that's not so much. Is it hairy or furry? Is it furry or hairy? No, what did I say? <laughs> that's, what I'm ask, that's why I'm asking you. Um, furry. Fur, oh, furry. Fur, oh, okay. furry. We're back on the board. All yeah. right. I think it is a giant puma. I was thinking lion, but we're both thinking big cats. So the next page, you describe it as the size of a large dog, but its coat is a strange shaggy gray color that you've never seen on a dog before. And it stands on its hind legs like a bear. Oh, it's the security guard. Do we have a werewolf on our hands here, Bill? Oh, a werewolf. It does move into the pale light cast by the full moon through the windows. Oh, it's a werewolf. Dagger-like claws, sharp yellow fangs. Dogs can't stand on their hind legs for so long. Even wolves and wild dogs can't do that. <laughs> Why can't kind of stand? It throws. A werewolf. It throws back its head and lets out a long mournful howl. And you gasp, a werewolf. It hears you. Its head whips around. It Why snarls at the two of you. Instead of eyes, the beast has two red flames. Oh, what a kick-ass werewolf. <laughs> this is the best werewolf. Oh, the earthquake, the red-eyed monsters. Turns out the stories are true. Huh? Who knew? Uh, oh, wait. It's just a car <laughs> reversing in the seventh floor. It's a very nonchalant way to accept this. Yeah. Oh, it turns out stories are true. Okay, huh. oh, interesting. Yeah. Who no, would have known? The shop is cursed. Huh. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought? A plank tumbles down from the ceiling, crashes at your feet. You snatch it up. You grip it sort of like a baseball bat. So if the werewolf attacks, you'll be ready for it. Maybe. You stare at the terrifying... Now now you call it a half-human, half-animal creature, which I think for just standing on its hind legs is giving it a bit too much anthropomorphism. No, if you've ever seen any animal stand on its hind legs, it's immediately half-human. It's equally... Half emu, half animal. Wait, hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. You could go that with that national right. animal, the kangaroo, daddy. <laughs> yeah, shut like up, shut kangaroo. up. It's half kangaroo. Half animal. Half animal. <laughs> Julie whispers, what do we do? Should we try to run past it or fight it? And you go, oh, maybe if we get past it, we can lock the stairway door from the other side, but it might just grab us as we run past. Maybe we should try to fight it. And the werewolf growls and licks its chops, and you have to decide. All right. Mm. Are, we punt- are we hitting a werewolf with a stick, or are we running past a werewolf? I don't know about you, Bill. I'm no coward. I'll take this <laughs> werewolf on with a big plank of wood. Yeah, my other thought is, this is we're, go- we're heading to an emergency exit. The capability to get inside the emergency exit stairwell and lock it behind <laughs> us so nobody can <laughs> That's follow. That's a lot. I hope would not happen. Then, like... <laughs> yeah. If you have designed your building and been like, oh, then we just lock the stairwell so no one can come out. Like, it's an exit. <laughs> it shouldn't lock. That's and true. I'm, and I think the werewolf knows all of this, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. The werewolf clearly just lives here. Like, it's but what, not... he do- what the werewolf doesn't know is what to do with a big old plank of wood coming straight at his head. No. I don't know if this werewolf <laughs> is, tra- is a trained fighter. He's just a big wolf. <laughs> right? You can swing a like, stick as far out. as I know. Why <laughs> the flame eyes impair the vision? Yeah, we don't even can't see, it. Can see. His eyes are made of fire. <laughs> and thank God that plank of wood isn't flammable. Counterpoint: <laughs> is, Can we add a third option where we throw <laughs> the wood, the plank of wood, across the store, and we go like, 
Here, boy. To be honest, I looked ahead because I really believed that was what was going to happen. Right. That it was going to like the stick and want you to throw it for it. Let's hit it. Let's hit the werewolf. Let's crack him across the back of the head with a stick. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, you tell I do to you? you tell Julie that you're going to take care of this monster now. So she finds another plank of wood in the rubble. So you're going to come at it two on one. Yes, feminist. You do yeah. notice the rumbling <laughs> lessons. The earthquake seems like it's over for now. So you both get to put all your attention on this werewolf. It drops down to all four legs. Bristly fur on its back is standing straight up. It growls. So you take a deep breath. You prepare to fight. And then a beam of light shines around the corner. Oh. It's a flashlight. Some sort of rescue squad, you think? Your heart pounds in your chest and you call out, Over here! Help us! We're over here! And the werewolf lets out a long howl. Which sounds like? Which, which sounds like? I don't know. Cambo, which sounds like? Uh, it goes, a howl! Because it's half human. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the vocal cords that of the human makes part. sense. <laughs> a pale man turns the corner. He's wearing an official-looking navy blue uniform. He's a night watchman. Phew. So he shines a flashlight on you, shines a flashlight on the werewolf. Julie says, look out, there's a werewolf in here, mister. And he raises an eyebrow. And then he goes. He whistles. He whistles. And the werewolf instantly calms down and relaxes oh. and pads over to the guard and sits down at his feet. Oh, my God. You think this guard must have some magical powers because the werewolf is the guard dog for the building. Wow. Oh, thanks for saving us, sir, you say politely. The building started shaking, yet your dog was in the way of the exit. We'll just be going now. Not so fast, the guard commands. His eyes burn blood red. He oh, opens his mouth and fire. hisses because he has gleaming white fangs and a forked black tongue. Don't worry, Bill. We got these planks of wood ready. Yeah, we're set. You're fine. Oh, no, a vampire, you shout. Wait, Run. really? You a vampire for a yeah, snake fangs. man? Yeah, and a, and a forked <laughs> tongue and he yeah. hissed. Vampires don't. He's a snake That's man. He's something. not a vampire. Vampires famously say blah. Blah, blah, yes. blah. He didn't. They don't. <laughs> I want to suck <laughs> your blood. <laughs> it doesn't work. You can't do it. Uh, luckily, you are right next to the door to the stairs. So the two of you shove through the door. You dart down the stairs. <sighs> down one floor, you try to pull the door open. It's locked. So you dash down another flight of stairs. Okay. okay this one opens quickly well, in here. Into the store. Just go to the bottom, kids. Just don't go back into the store. You're in the stairwell. Just go to the bottom. Well, that's where the vampire thinks you're going to go. Yeah, cool. We're ahead of him. So he can't leave the store. <laughs> you find <laughs> yourself... Get out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The world is another room that he has to be invited <laughs> into. <sighs> so you're finding yourself in the sporting goods department. You race past balls, bicycles, frisbees. You hear the vampire's feet clomping down the stairs. So now you... he's got hooves! <laughs> You hide. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mostly heavy-footed vampires, yeah. Sorry, you've gone through the sports department, apparently. You've reached the teen department. Oh, sick. (laughs) Welcome, teens. Welcome to the teen department. Where do you think you hide in the teen department? Oh, we're in the 90s, Bill. What what would be the... don't, oh, don't spend too much time thinking we about this. We hide behind a life-size cutout of Pauly Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big biodome standee. <laughs> so Julie hides in a clothing rack. Okay, that's not Classic. that exciting. 
You throw yourself into a huge bin holding thousands of pairs of socks. The sock bin? In uh, as all teens the need. The teen sock bin. You the teens go into the teen department. They want their socks. Now I I've brought socks in the past. I don't want to brag, but I've brought socks in the past. Do they have big bins? Aren't I've never seen a sock bin. <laughs> you like right up to the word sock. These are the just, used I socks. Thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the returns. <laughs> um, I was thinking it was like a big thing of like. Balls, mm-hmm. or, like, or like, or or oh, if it had been anything, bouncy, uh, thousands of bouncy balls oh, in a big amazing, tub, so we would have bounced right out. Everything fits. Um, yeah, that is weird. You peek out of the bin and you see the vampire and the werewolf. They burst through the door and they shine their flashlight around. It's just like a sneak section of a video game. It's nice that they're getting along. I also love that this um this this ancient terror, the vampire, relies on a flashlight to be able to spot his enemies. <laughs> Very common man of him, and I appreciate that. The werewolf, too. You scan the area frantically. You see there's a huge hole in the floor a few feet away, probably from the earthquake. Nice. Do you think you could in some way trick the guard and the dog into falling into that hole, or should you just stay hidden where you are? Is that our choice? Those are your choices. Uh, Bill, if we get enough copies of the Polly Shaw starring movie Biodome hanging over, no one's one's going to refuse that. Exactly. Uh, I feel like we need to trick them, right? Yeah. Well, what do you reckon the tricks are? Like, okay, my first thought would be, hey, Julie, glad we jumped down this hole. <laughs> Hope nobody follows us. See, I That'd would be my first guess. That you, you cover the hole and stand yeah. on the other side of it being like, here I am, come and get me. And then they do the classic walk over the blanket or whatever you put down and fall through. Yeah, 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 the yeah. The team rocket, I call it. No, even better. <laughs> we put a blanket over the over the hole, right? And then we paint a really big hole on the floor <laughs> next to the hole. And they'll be like, you can't trick me. And they'll step around the hole into yeah. the real hole. Yeah, and then they'll hold bit. up a sign that says, oops, and then they'll yeah, fall. Yeah, yeah. Right, very, should very we see how many like... layers you concoct to this plan? That's it. If can I just plan also to... clarify... This mm. happens every night at this store. Every Seems night. So. God, the, the vampire is hired. He's actually a handyman. He has to <laughs> fix the floors. The overheads <laughs> on repairing the store every morning must be ridiculous. No wonder, like, they, they've got Marvel stairs, so obviously they're doing well. A regular yeah. shopping mall could not sustain this. No. It'd be well. It's too much. The vampire guard calls out to you. Oh. Come out, come out wherever you are. And the werewolf is kaboom, sniffing kaboom. you, trying to. The werewolf is trying to track your scent as well. It would, and you whisper to Julie, "Hey, hey, push the clothing rack over the hole. Use the coats to cover it all up. I'll distract the guard." We've got a team so rocket Julie, on our hands. That's it. Yep. Julie sneaks out. She does that, and as soon as she's in a position to push over the rack, you stand up and yell, "Catch me if you can!" They see you, they dash towards you, the vampire is grinning, you dart around the floor, you jump over toppled mannequins, you dodge behind glass cases, you head for the fallen rack of coats, and you trip right oh, near it. I forgot that we're an idiot. <laughs> you go sprawling, the werewolf lets out a blood-curdling howl of delight oh, as which you slide like... across the floor. And how does that one <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my blood has been curdled. Oh, is blood. it not? <laughs> it's almost like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay, because on page 115, with a burst of energy, you get up and you run towards the trap again. 
You. Oh, I thought we tripped into the trap. No, Sorry. you, you just tripped near. Coat you thought, tripped near oh, the that's trap. That's what we're done for. You apparently were fine. You leap over the gaping hole, and the werewolf runs across the coats and falls straight down. And you hear it land on the floor below, and it lets out a pathetic whimper. Which sounds, the- sounds like. <laughs> The vampire races up to the hole and gazes down and says, You kids will pay. You'll pay for hurting my puppy. Oh, poor vampire. <laughs> well, don't try and kill us. So is, Julie... is, is the twist going to be this is a bunch of kids with an overactive imagination <laughs> and we have just harmed a poor innocent dog that belonged to a, a, a night watchman at a store? I think so. That's I mean, I dark. can't imagine any other alternative. That's oh. pretty dark. No, nah, it's just that vampires are very emotionally manipulative. I'm getting a feeling <laughs> someone just someone just gave you a whiff of scarecrow gas, and that's your experience mm. here. That, no, this that is was how in the elevator. Operate. They got like they knock on your door and they're like, "Can I come in?" And you say, "No, I know the rules." And you go, "Well, I guess I'll just sit out here <laughs> alone in the cold, waiting." <laughs> I thought maybe mm. no, it's okay. All right. <sighs> so all you have to do now, you have to run away from the vampire. Yeah, easy. You have to choose, like, you're about to hit a wall, so you have to run either right or left of the guard behind you. Uh, To the right of the guard, there's a big pile of clothes. Mm -hmm. might be too high for you to jump over. But to your left, there's a mannequin, and that could also block your way. Which way do you want to run around this guard? Look, Bill, if we're we're going into certain death, we may as well look good while we're doing it. And there's a pile of clothes to the right. So we could always find some fresh new threads to put on while we're being masked by the vampire. True. If we go left, though, we're yeah. definitely going to get grabbed by a living mannequin. Without a doubt. <laughs> then we can make Danny do a Kim Cattrall impression. I, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Must you? So I think we should are, you, are you certain <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that living mannequins can talk? Uh, well, I've would, seen, would that be I, disappointing? I was going to say, I've seen Mannequin with Kim no, Cattrall. And then I realised, no, I haven't. I just know about it as a <laughs> meme. Mannequin so, with Kim Cattrall. <laughs> like, I know there's a movie called Mannequin with Kim Cattrall in it. So <laughs> you're right. I don't know. But it'd be weird to hire Kim Cattrall and then be like, but please don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> we want you. Just don't talk. So I feel most of the things that I have seen with living mannequins, they don't talk and that's what makes them so scary. Oh, yeah. It'd be like an episode of Liftoff. Yeah. Remember Ugh. Liftoff? What's Liftoff? The kids' Australian TV show with the little boy who's just like oh, a mannequin. You've just creep. unlocked a key memory for me, Bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was everybody's nightmare. Yeah. Oh, no. No, thank you. Oh, if you're, if you're not an Australian who was born in the early 90s, please go to Google and just search for, like, Australian TV Liftoff and look at this kid. You will see just, that baby. Just die inside. Yeah. It's so creepy. You can throw around the twist in there as well. That had some pretty disturbing mm. episodes and as well. And did both of those mm-hmm. have the same bad guy played what? by, not the same character, but they both have a bad guy played by, is it Mark Mitchell? Is any, that his name? Mark, it was Mr. Dribble? I think Mark Mitchell is the right name. Definitely yeah, M.M. So. Con the Fruiterer? I don't know Liftoff well enough. I think well he was a bad guy in Liftoff as well. I don't think I ever made it past For the intro. For an entire generation, he was just a real creepy dude. <laughs> Everyone go watch Lift. Pause this, go watch an episode of Liftoff, come back. <laughs> And then you'll understand why we're not going to go for the mannequin or we're going for the clothes. (laughs) What about Plasmo? Everyone remember Plasmo? No, No, I'm done. (laughs) Okay, what are you going to do? Mannequin, which is definitely going to come to life, or clothes, so at least you look good. What's the danger in the clothes, do you suspect? 
It the, might be too high for you to jump over. If the clothes come to life, it'll freak Danny out, and then That's we'll true. have the upper hand because she hates that oh, scene sure, in bed knobs and broomsticks. But living mannequins, <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. So is it better the devil we know than the devil we don't, Bill? We know the mannequins well, are going to come to life, yeah, and we can okay. prepare for it. Or do we think that there's less immediate danger with going with the clothes? Let's go for the clothes. Okay. Worst case scenario, we get eaten by a vampire. <laughs> that is the worst case scenario, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if you chose the mannequin, you know it's going to come to life. What are the odds that it's helpful? Yeah, no, well, the mannequins are going to come to life. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, kids, quickly, this way, into the mannequin's secret hideout. Let's go. And, then, and of course, it'll be, and as you know, all mannequins are helpful to kids. It's like, oh, yes, of course, as we knew. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That's my Kim Katana impression. <laughs> So clothes. Yeah, let's go with the clothes. That's a good oh. idea. Mannequin is an immediate ending. Ooh, nice. We could have done it. It absolutely grabs you. Um, you dodge the vampire to the right. You leap. You bend your knees deeply and leap and you clear the pile of clothes. You make it to the exit sign. The vampire is grunting with the effort of chasing you. He is not one of those vampires <laughs> that has of, lots of energy. It's an, it's an out of shape like lazy he's got a torch he's wearing his uniform. This is not like a, no. a count. This is a very lowly vampire. He didn't even didn't even put much effort into finding you. He was just kind of like, "Hey, kids, where are you? What's where are you? Yeah, come here! Come on, kids! <laughs> you come to me." So yeah, he vows some more revenge for what mm-hmm. you did to his dog. You push open the stairs, but something's wrong. <gasps> the stairs are covered in slick, dangerous oil. You spot a broken pipe above your head, which must be where it came from. Oh, the oil pipes. There's always <laughs> oil pipes in these stores. They might be, these stairs might be too slippery for you to climb down, but then Julie says, it's the only way down. And you rub your face trying to think, well, we might be able to like trick, trip the vampire. He'd go flying down these stairs. Ooh. So do you want to try the stairs or do you want to force the vampire to try the stairs? Vampires do famously hate oil. So this oh, could be under something here. Vampires can't actually cross a stream of running oil. If you have, a... <laughs> they, don't, they just they can't don't do it. A lot of it in the movies, but it's well, true. Wait, it turns is out it... it's not oil. You just really don't know what holy water looks oh, like. No, I was going to say, is it garlic oil? <laughs> well, I was going to say, if if this shopping mall is built on top of some kind of oil field, this would explain mm. how they have such like decadent <laughs> such, things. Yeah. yeah. They um, struck oil look, and then they built a shop in their oil rig. I, I'm in two minds. We've tricked the werewolf, so we know that works. But if we repeat that, <laughs> is that a recipe for disaster? Because we're resting on our laurels and we're doing the mm. same thing again. True. But but Danny will have to do an impression of a vampire falling <laughs> over on oil. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, we're like... <laughs> like that, right? So... um. You think I think I'd like to, to hear the vampire? that. Okay. Yeah, I think we tricked the vampire. Okay. Ooh, all the way back to page 13. This is a perfect setup to trip the vampire, you tell Julie. Let's go for it. You remember that you have something in the pocket of your jacket that is going to help you. What do you have in your pocket? A splotch watch? No. Something that you brought from home, apparently. What did we bring from home? Banana I don't peel? More 90s. A Tamagotchi? A tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> yes! It's canon now. If we say it together, it's canon. We get out the Tamagotchi. Okay, you get out... Oh, I have to feed it. Oh, no, someone left this to die. You get out your Tamagotchi, which for safekeeping, you always tie to the end of your yo-yo. We have a yo-yo. Oh, 
that you have right in there. So you guys stretch the string across the top step at ankle level. Can we mock the vampire by like going like, hey, look what we can do that you can't do anymore. Walk, Walk the dog. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So we get some more onomatopoeia here because the vampire doesn't notice the string. Twang. It hey. trips him. Twang. The vampire goes flying down the stairs. Thump, thump, thump. And how does he sound? <laughs> He doesn't make any sound. He lies motionless. Oh, my he, God. You can't make a sound once your spine and neck are broken, Bill. He's just out. He's just absolutely, he's an absolute, like, he may as well have no bones the way that he just flopped down those stairs. Well, I think it's out a bit like this. <laughs> Tell my daughter I love her. <laughs> he gaze down. He looks unconscious. He might be pretending. So you tell Julie which you should find another way of getting out of here. Just walk past the no, vampire corpse. Don't kids. risk it. Ugh. So you look around. Oh no, there's another uh, there's some aftershock earthquakes happening. You've got to get out of the stairwell with all the oil. You glance at the yo-yo in your hands and it gives you an idea. What the heck? We just need to find some rope and we can climb down the outside of the building. Oh, okay. I learned how to climb down a cliff at camp this summer. It's called rappelling. Oh, it it's camp? easy. <laughs> and Julie yells, that's a great idea. We're in the sporting goods floor. We ran right through it. Oh. So you go and you hunt for some rope and you go to sporting goods. Oh, it's perfect. It's got everything you'll need. You grab some rope over your shoulder. You steal a bunch of other mountain climbing gear. We're in an American sporting goods section. So it's just gun, 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 <laughs> gun, rope. Are these like weighted ropes? Because is rope a sporting? <laughs> if, if, you're a, if you're a rock climber, um, I, I, I suppose if so. You're a yeah. sailor. If you sail, yeah, okay. This, have you seen the store that we're in? Do you think it caters <laughs> to anyone who doesn't own a boat? It, it's going to be loud in here. <laughs> it's going to have some high end rope. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you tell Julie, great. Let's head for the roof. And Julie says. Why don't we just go out the window here? It's, this place yeah. is going to crash around us at any second. This kid loves to overcomplicate Well, stuff. you say, no, no, it'll be safer to go to the roof because we can anchor the rope to more stable things. And Julie says, no, I'm going out the window. If we go to the stairwell, the vampire might get us and we will take a really long time. Coming with me or not? Yeah. Let's yeah. go to yeah, Window go or roof? Like... Come on, kid, don't overcome. No, oh, this anchor isn't quite robust enough for our. Like, get it, you're in a, uh, a building full of ghouls. This kid is definitely going, there won't be anything on the roof that'll get us. And then you know there'll be something yeah. on the roof that'll get you. There's a pterodactyl flying around the roof, <laughs> just waiting to pick kids up and take them from Mount Doom back home. The, the decadence of this store tells me there's gargoyles. Which yeah, means but they're coming to life. Wait. But it's the 90s, so gargoyles just tell you to believe in yourself and maybe that you can fall in love with the girl. Uh, and they're not quite right, but they at least get you out of your shell and out of your... Yeah, defeat. they're more wacky than threatening. They're more wacky than threatening. Have you changed your mind? Oh, I just no. think there's a pterodactyl up there. <laughs> they're always scary. There's never been a friendly pterodactyl. Does the outside of the building count as part of the midnight curse? Yes. It's like, it owns the airspace. <laughs> Up into a certain height. Up into a certain height. If a drone flies in, it gets it shut down by the midnight curse. Uh. All right, window? Is yeah, that what you're going go, for? I think we'd go window, right? I think we're going for the window. All right. The building shakes again hard, and you finally give in. All right, yep, you're right. We can't waste any more time. Window. So you show Julie how to hook up all the gear and harness herself up. 
You hook the rope to the most solid-looking marble pillar you can find. We have a mar- We're worried about <laughs> anchoring, and we have a marble pillar. <laughs> You're fine, kid. Ah, so Julie holds the rope. She slips out the window. You watch her progress, and when she's halfway down, you join her. So you go down five feet, ten feet, twenty feet. Twenty-five. You feet? feel like you're flying, and then you feel a tweak on the rope. Vampire. You look up. The vampire's up there, and God he flashes it. his fangs and uses them to slice through your rope. Mate, just grab a knife. <laughs> you freak. I would say this actually makes a lot of sense, Bill, because canonically there's a few ways to kill a vampire in in urban One. myth: stake to the heart, two sunshine. Three. Are they, are they the two? Is there a third? <laughs> Cut off its head, it... maybe? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Um, tripping on some oil, now that I think about it, has never been established as a way to successfully kill a vampire. But how did he get up the stairs? He's There's so much oil. He, he flew. Oh, that's right. They fly. <laughs> yeah, which is weird that he was walking around with big, heavy shoes and a flashlight. Is he naked now? Did he turn into a bat and then lose his uniform? That's why he didn't want to do it earlier. It's a last-ditch attempt. Okay, so the rope has just been cut, and we're still some ways off the ground. Uh, well, for a couple more sentences. Yeah, you could put it that way. <laughs> well, you wanted a quick way down, and you got it. It's called gravity. <laughs> that was the sound of the end. And you died, little kids. Sorry. Would you like to uh, reverse course and face some roof pterodactyls? Do you want to try and go to the roof and see? We we may as well at this point. <laughs> like, what? we'll see. Or maybe we go. We got like, time. The, the thing that was stopping us from going to the roof was that the vampire would be fine, and then the thing that we that punished us for going to the window was that the vampire was fine. <laughs> so surely he's just going to kill us. That's what good fiction has, Bill. Is unexpected returns like this. Well, you also took a really long time getting That's yourself right. set up. Yeah, Maybe you've got time this way. Because we didn't like climb out the window. The, 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 there was a bit there where we were like explaining to Julia, like, yeah. here's how you wear your harness. Now you have to follow proper safety procedures. <laughs> I learned all of this at Cliff Camp. I was, and they said, no, now check your, check your carabiner. Mm, nope, not quite tight. Try it again. You have to do it right until you get to do it over and over again until you get it right. That's to say nothing of the discussion they had of, was that a marble pillar? Just in the <laughs> middle of a store? That's crazy. What is this? What is this Doric pillar here? Now, actually, it's a it's a Corinthian pillar. You can tell by the <laughs> by the decoration on the top. I'd like a thousand <sighs> words on the difference between Corinthian and Doric pillars while I check your carabiner. Oh, All right. So, if we choose to go the other way, instead, uh, you take your time to mansplain to Julie about why going out the window is a terrible idea. You Fe- feminist R.L. Stein, eh? No, R.L. Stein agrees. <laughs> What and a dumb girl. She gets <laughs> she 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 saw, she shrugs and agrees with you and says, Yeah, right, whatever. Just let's do it quickly. So you run to the stairway, your arms are laden with all this mountain climbing equipment. The vampire is still down there motionless. You hope he stays that way. So you climb all the way up to the top floor and then one more to the roof. There's a big sign that says no admittance, emergency exit only. Damn. All right. Well, new plan. <laughs> Is this a real emergency? I don't know. I don't want to break the rules. Whatever. You push open the door. There is an earthquake. It doesn't get more emergency than that usually. The full moon lights up the roof. There are clouds across the sky. Julie grabs your arms. Her eyes are wide with fear and she points at something and yells, monster. 
What type of monster's on the roof? I vote pterodactyl. Your eyes scan the moonlit landscape of the roof and you spot it near the edge, a hulking shape. Pointed ears, bony knees, sharp talons, it's very still. Wait a minute, that's not a monster, you say? That's a gargoyle. It's just a statue. They're just decorations. And Julie shakes her head and goes, oh, wow, I feel so dumb. I'm such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) You look over the edge of the roof. Oh, boy, Uh, everything on the ground looks really small from up here. You take a deep breath. It's going to be harder than you expect. You see another stone gargoyle to your left out of the corner of your eye. So you turn to look at it. All caps. And it turns to look at you. <gasps> We're in for the some gargoyle. wacky life lessons here, Bill. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Mm. Maybe they're the gargoyles from the 90s TV show Gargoyles. But I can't remember what they do. I think they'd I rope like us into vague. some kind of quest of ancient importance. Wow. No well, there's only one way to find out. Hmm. Let's find out. This gargoyle grins at you in the moonlight. Fear flips your stomach over. Julie, the gargoyles, they're alive. Oh, no. There's another one coming to life. It has huge bug eyes and a mouthful of jagged teeth, and it rubs its claws slowly. We're surrounded, Julie gasps. (laughs) They creep towards you from every direction. They form a ring around you, a dozen of them. Their skin is rubbery and the color of stone. Rubbery? Okay. Rubbery is not the texture I expected for the skin of the gargoyles. No, not so much. All the gargoyles are grinning and you can't tell if it's friendly or sinister. Your mind races. Maybe Julie could distract them while you hook up all the mountain gear and you could jump off and rappel to safety. Or maybe you could reason with them. Maybe they'll be helpful. They are smiling. One of the gargoyles lurches forward. It's wearing a stone crown set at a jaunty angle. It has large... I love him! This is the best gargoyle. He's got a jaunty crown. (laughs) Welcome, I'm the king of the gargoyles. It's got questions for us. Yeah, it's got large bony bat wings. Its claws clatter on the roof surface. Make up your mind. What's the best way to handle these things? Or I can just chill. Yeah, I'm vibing with these gargoyles. I love them. Uh, If they want to hurt you... They're... They will just do exactly what the vampire did, won't they? If yeah. you try to raffle down. And yeah. if I'm thinking about this, the vampire, when it was presented to us, seemed like he was going to help us at first, mm. then turned out to be evil. And yes. I think that these are being presented as quite evil. Therefore, the opposite will be true and they'll help us. us. Yeah. All right. The gargoyles crouch all around you. The one with the crown seems to be their leader. Yeah, sure. He scuttles closer to you two. Uh. They're cute, you think, in an ugly sort of way. Hello, you smile nervously at the gargoyle. Nice to meet you. Oh, boy. Can you do a good gargoyle voice? They've given me a description of his voice. Oh, what's the description? We'll each try it. We'll each try one. His voice sounds more like a belch. Oh, Oh, I don't think I like this. Little bit Brad Garrett? A little bit Rodney Dangerfield. You could do a Brad Garrett. Somewhere in there. I think if someone was mean to Brad Garrett, they could say that his voice sounds more like a belch. I, uh, like... <laughs> I think if someone wanted to be really rude to Brad Garrett, they could say that with I some kind of I also picture him having a mighty powerful belch were he to belch. Yeah. So they, like, so they come the thing. up. He's got a mighty voice. That's what I like, want from a belch voice. Oh, I don't like you. Your mum's favourite. How dare you? Everything's great for you. And not <laughs> that means, okay. it means maybe one of the other gargoyles will sound like uh, Raymond. One yeah. will sound like the mother-in-law. Hiya, the gargoyle replies. Okay. How you doing? My name's Craig T. Kelly. 
That's a very good gargoyle name because it's not a very good gargoyle name. I he's, love it. He's friendly and he speaks English. You can't believe it. Is this a reference to the Australian politician Craig Kelly? Because he does <laughs> I think, have, I would say, some gargoyleness about him. Let's find out where this goes. Uh, we're okay, Mr. Kelly, you answer politely, but we're in a hurry to get off this building before it crashes to the ground. <laughs> Don't sweat it. This building shakes every night. But it makes us really nervous, Julie says. So you ask, could you help us find a safe way down? That depends. His face grows serious. On what? On whether you stand up to the test. All in capitals. God, just let us down, dudes. It will be a mathematics test. Oh, what? It is a stinky, stinky (laughs) test. The stinkiest math you've ever seen. You don't like the hard, tough expression on his face. What's the test, Mr. Kelly? Well, you see, we gargoyles have to protect ourselves. I mean, if anyone knew we were living, breathing creatures, they'd come up here with big nets and try to put us in the zoo. So you two have to prove that you'll keep quiet. We would never turn you guys in, you promise sincerely. The gargoyle puffs up his chest and clears his throat. (coughs) In order to prove that you are trustworthy, the two of you must walk around the ledge of the building. If you get the whole way around without making a sound, we will help you to the ground. Because that will mean you can really keep your mouth shut. Danny, uh, could you do that again a little bit more lyrically? Because there was a lot of rhyming words. I think that was a song. (laughs) I think that was Crispin Glover's song. If you get the whole way around around. without making a sound, we will help you to the ground. If I was walking all around, I didn't make a sound. Then they helped me to the ground and I saw a clown. Clowny clown clown. Clowny clown clown. Does everyone listen to (laughs) Clowny clown clown by Crispin Glover? You should check it out if you haven't listened. Pause the episode. Pause the episode of Lift Off You're Halfway Through and just Google Clowny clown clown Crispin Glover. (laughs) You'll have a lot of fun. Okay, we're back. So you ask the very reasonable question. But what if we fall? And another gargoyle shouts. We need another gargoyle voice. Uh, it's like this. <clears throat> Enough talk. Time oh. for action. I can't do oh. Ray Romano, so I just did Owen Wilson. <laughs> I thought you were doing Jimmy Stewart. Time for talk, see? Time for talk. Time for talk. No, no, not what? time Wait, for talk. Well, Enough talk. Time <clears throat> for action. How about this one? It's time for talk. We need more action. Wait, no, it's not time for talk. It's not time for action, it's time for talk. Wait, what? That's the other way. How about this? No time for talk. I would like more action. I am a gargoyle. That's the scariest one yet. My name is Douglas Jones. Hello, that's my name. Me and Craig T. Kelly... (laughs) Play for the same under 35 soccer league. You should have gone with another right wing. And we believe that Australia has lost its way. (laughs) Anyway, Craig T. Kelly demands Are you ready for the test? Yep. You peer over the edge of the roof. The ledge is about a foot and a half wide. I'm sure in 1998 I had no idea what that was. You probably pictured one, like the width of a foot and a little bit more. That's That's like 30 centimeters. I didn't know what adult feet were like. Uh, it looks very dangerous. 
maybe you should just say no and climb down on your own. The yeah, goggles would let work. you do that, right? <laughs> idiot, idiot kid. Do you take Did the Julie test? Julie suggest that, the dummy? <laughs> do you take the <laughs> test or do you try to talk your way out of it and climb down? I'm confused think? about the logic of this test. To be like, to make sure you will keep a secret, which is a verbal thing, walk around the edge of this building, which is a balance thing. Without screaming, but without I think making is the a main sound. Thing. So as you walk, I think I think the walk is easy, right? It's a foot and a half wide yeah. edge. That's pretty chill. But the they're gonna like easy. jump out at you to no, freak you out. No, not even that, right? They're just gonna be like, "Oh hey, did you hear what Sandra said the other day?" And you're like, "What? <laughs> oh, ah, you spoke gossip, eh? You love gossip. Your <laughs> propensity for gossip means you'll tell everybody about our secrets." <laughs> You shouldn't be into You don't even know Sandra. Why do you care? Hey, I heard you were racist. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, I fi- we, we have to do the test, right? Rollerblades like... suck. What do you think? <laughs> Rollerblades don't suck. Uh, yeah, let's do the test. All right. We'll take the test, you declare with confidence. And we'll pass it, Julie joins in. Whoa. Okay. Hooray, all the gargoyles cheer. They jump up and down, hooting and hollering in celebration. Oh. Okay. I can't get a read on these gargoyles. What's going <laughs> on with them? Yeah, you chuckle. They're so goofy looking. But as you climb over the edge of the building onto the ledge, you stop feeling amused. The streetlights glitter like jewels down below, and a cold wind whips against you. You gulp, your body shakes, and you inch along the ledge. Your back is pressed up to the coarse bricks of the building. Oh, so like one of those ledges. Oh, oh. Right. oh. I'm so much more scared. Much yeah. like the Sam Worthington uh, movie that no one seems to remember, Man on a Ledge. <laughs> I don't know ah, if you yes. That was his follow-up to Avatar. It was a movie you know, called Man on a Ledge. And I tell you this, it is what it says on the label. <laughs> it delivers. You <laughs> know what uh, the scariest part about this is? A beady-eyed pigeon blocks your path. Oh, God and damn. it says... <laughs> well, you almost say shoe, but luckily you remember not to. Yeah. So you kick at it. And oh, it pecks your ankle. Yeah, just this walk past is, the pigeon. It's a this pigeon. Book is, this book is not good to animals. No. Dogs die, pigeons get kicked. So naturally, you get very startled by the pigeon pecking your ankle. And that makes you lean forward and fall off the ledge into the air. Just step over the pigeon, kid. Sorry, you fall. You are whooshing down to the street. and Don't then scream. The gargoyles might save us if we don't scream. You are swept up by the strong arms of Craig T. Kelly. Oh, isn't that a great line for every story? into the loving arms of craig t kelly if craig kelly the politician had known that this book existed he would have put that on his posters (laughs) come into the loving arms of craig t kelly good try kid and you never made a peep so what the hey we can trust you now, is he going to put you down? Is he going to fly you <laughs> oh, back no, up to the roof and then let you climb back down? Come on, man. He flies you back up to the Just roof. Just put me down. I'm already there. Luckily, Julie walks up to you and says, hey, I did it. I made it all the way across the edge. I'm good. Feminist. <laughs> so you go, great. Now let's win the bet. So you and Julie now climb onto the backs of two gargoyles who fly you down to the ground. And Craig says, hey, don't tell anyone, anyone about us. And we'll take you flying whenever you want. I think we just got the best ending. Yeah. You and you and Julie then dash to the front of the store. You find Reggie. You were in there for an hour, so you also get to pick up things from Mayfield's Bazaar for free. You oh, and since you kept your promise, the gargoyles keep theirs. The thing you get out of their promise, 
You never need to take the elevator at the store again. What a gargoyle flies us up. That is your happy ending. Looking at the rough runtime of this podcast, we were in there for about an hour. It's not a hour. You nailed it. It knows exactly how long it takes. (laughs) The most amazing part is I had forgotten all of that storyline. Apparently everything that I remembered was from the go to floor floor one one. storyline, which is where the main story is, where Reggie forces you to do a scavenger hunt for every floor to prove that you've been in there long enough and actually explored the store. I love it. That was all I remembered. Oh, we got a different Even on the back cover... Like, it says that you have to do this. In here, the front of the book says, guess what's in store for you? A midnight treasure hunt in Mayfield's Bazaar. No, none of that for <laughs> us. You didn't do any of that and we you just, got the best ending. We just killed two people and then <laughs> flew away. I think this proves, Bill, that you and I are, are inherently side characters and we don't get yeah. the main storyline. We get the B plot every time. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're the you B also plot. fell off the building on two separate occasions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are the expendable characters as well. <laughs> but we got the right ending in the end. We got yeah, everything we wanted. We're like dropping into the skate park via gargoyle. We're like, <laughs> we've got our rollerblades on and they're like, what's that in the air? And then just whoosh, right into a half pipe, out the other end, stereo on one shoulder. Do you remember? It's amazing. We're the coolest kid in the world. Danny, the other story, does that end with your friendship with a team of gargoyles? Uh, I believe, do, how much of this do you want me to spoil? I, mean, I all don't it. know if the gargoyles can come into that ending. It is possible. Uh, what this one ends with is uh, Reggie did not come into the store with you because he is the final monster. After oh. midnight, he turns into a shop monster. It's me, Reggie. I'm here to eat your souls. Yeah, Reggie was yum, not yum, much yum. of a character in our story, was he? No, nah. but he's a massive character in the other one. You missed a word find uh, on what one of the pages. You missed a maze. Uh, a maze. I'm sorry, 1998 me already did the word find, oh, which is how many times can you find the word volcano? And if you fail that, I believe the elevator turns into a, like a, vol- a thing in a volcano and shoots you up into space. That's how they get There's it. a lot of stories. Oh, yeah, there's a maze. not a very big book there. Hmm. That's a pretty good, it's a pretty nice read. Yeah, this one was quite satisfying, I feel. I just wanted to quickly find for you what the objects were in the um, the the hunt hunt that you have to do. Anything from uh, level seven? Oh, I'm sure. The nose of a werewolf. Uh, A vampire's self-esteem. A vampire's flashlight. (laughs) From floor one, you need to find a man's leg. Okay, mannequin, stolen, done, easy. Mm Mm-hmm. From the children, I've got to just try to remember. I know from the children's department, you need to find baby booties. For sale. Never Never warm. (laughs) You need to find on another floor the poisonous perfume. (laughs) Julie, come here. I need to test some perfume. (laughs) Uh, And from sporting goods, you need a silver arrow. Why didn't we use a silver arrow for the werewolf? We were in sporting goods being chased by a werewolf and we didn't see the silver arrow? And what kind of store is this selling silver arrows? This 1%, I tell you, Bill, I don't know about them. Are you heading to the Dark Pyramid and need to fight Ganon? Well, grab these silver arrows. Okay, two two more. Uh, So it was floor one, a man's leg. Floor two, poisonous perfume. Done. Floor three, heart attack backpack. Oh, Heart attack back. That one's messed up. I'm pretty sure that one just like pulls a, you put it on and it constricts you. Well, it's a heart. Why did you put on the heart attack backpack? (laughs) You, it's on the label. 
Yep, floor four, baby booties, floor five, silver arrow, floor six, volcano steam, and floor seven, final showdown. Heart so attack- that's what that's why nothing else happened on floor seven, because that was yeah, the final showdown. It. Heart yeah. attack backpack that's is the boy. man on a ledge of traps. It yeah. tells you what's it'd there. Like, it'd be like, put on the uh, put on the stroke sweater. Wait a minute. If <laughs> oh. I put on this sweater. <laughs> no, no, the fabric is just nice to stroke. Yeah. Oh, and that one's actually a fun page because you get the full list of scavenger hunt items and you get to choose just out of all of the floors. Oh, wait, that's so cool. Which one you want to go to. So that's really open. Let's go to the final confrontation. At what point... Yeah. In our choices, Danny, did you realize that we were we were making all the wrong ones? <laughs> that we were the boring kids. We just walked up to the top, saw a person, walked away, and then went to the roof. When I we was... were like, let's go seven, we were like, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh no. not seven. <laughs> I remembered that there were gargoyles on the roof, and I remembered that you could get a solid ending out of that. I mean, we did get the best ending. I, was, I, thought that you had cho- I thought that you had chosen the right path for a really long time because I kept looking at the pages and they would keep forking for a bit. Oh, nice. But the, I think the ending that you got was the first time it was a straight up end, maybe. I love it. Or actually... Oh, oh the mannequin killed Oh, us. of course. No, yeah, there and was the, the mannequin. And the, and, the, and, the, uh, and the... Oh, whatever. The, okay, the there were lots of death that you just happened to not pick. Whatever. No, we did pick them and then we died. <laughs> Then we came back. In our ending, it, it does leave the poly- possibility that Reggie does continue to be a more monster and we're just oblivious to that fact. Oh, poor Reggie spent his entire night sitting on floor one, like, <laughs> ready to go. My scavenger hunt is here. What's Ooh. happening up there? There's a lot of noise happening he on spent, floor seven. He spent weeks devising this he thing. Really and and he looks for an hour and he looks out the window as we land with a gargoyle outside. He's like, God damn it. Oh, I forgot about the gargoyles. (laughs) They chose the other story. Uh, Actually, if you try to go to the final floor too early, uh, not having some of the items hurts you. And so it gives you bad endings that way. That's fun. It's a. I like this one. It's this is pretty book. solid. It's a good. Yeah. If you're, if you're at home, here's how we justify this when someone tries to sue us. There's a link in the show notes. You can buy a to a copy. You can buy probably of, uh, not six ninety five anymore. Probably not six ninety five anymore. But you never know. Well worth it. Uh, and did you grab the book? It's good fun. Now well, was this one of the books written by R. L. Stein or one of the books credited to R. L. Stein? And then when you open the front cover, it's like by this intern that definitely isn't getting the credit. <laughs> You never know. I think that's by R.L. Stein. I choose to go as sincere as possible until the go until the ghostwriters come out and say, "Oh yeah, that was me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he never wrote a book in his life. <laughs> That'll <sighs> happen as soon as R.L. Stein dies. Someone will come out and be like, "Um, I wrote them all." I'm R.L. Stein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. That was good fun. We should probably finish. Yeah, we're gonna finish off. Thank you so much, Danny, for for running that. Oh, Thank this you, was Campbell, great. for coming in. Absolutely. Making Thank you so much me. for being brain half number two. My pleasure. I, I, I was the, was I the left sphere or the right sphere? What do you think? Um, the South the sphere. Right. It was kind of weird. I was, yeah. you were the front. I was the back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so you had language and I had like, I was just keeping our character breathing the entire time. <laughs> you were taking care of basic function. <laughs> yeah. I was just making sure our stomach kept so moving. The heart attack backpack would have killed you right yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Please don't put on the heart attack backpack. <laughs> Luckily you can read and you wouldn't make that decision. Yeah. Um, if people wanted to check out stuff that is going on in the Cambo-verse, uh, where should they, what should they look at? Where would they go? Where and do you want to send highly recommended, by the way. Yeah, go check out the Cambo-verse. Please do. 
Yeah, the Camboverse. Yeah, come on. It's, we're, we're going up against the metaverse, the Camboverse. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's two places you can find me. Uh, first is uh, I'll shout out Council Movie Report, uh, and I'll shout that first because you two have both featured on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, as as this goes out, uh, you are recording voices for the next season of the show, which Yay. shouldn't be too far away. Uh, so that's very exciting. That is all. Uh, it's the man on, on a ledge of uh, podcasts. It's is what it sounds like. <laughs> it's about cancelled movie projects, uh, famous ones from Hollywood history. It's uh, just a lot of episodes where they say, I've got a movie report. Oh, sorry, it's been cancelled. Next yeah, episode. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Are we going to go ahead with it? We can't, I'm afraid. Oh, we cancelled <laughs> the movie, movie report. report. Uh, and then uh, other show I have, which is weekly, is called Reddit on Reddit. That's a deep dive into what's happening on that Absolute dumpster fire of a website every every week. Uh, that one's that one's quite chaotic, uh, but a lot of fun. Beautiful. Well, yeah, there'll be links to those in the show notes. Go check them out. Uh, I hope you're enjoying uh, your your a little break between uh, escape rooms. I'm not sure when this is coming out in relation to other bonus episodes or guest. Yeah, we rooms don't know or what's happening. Like I'm not quite sure, but you'll have, you'll know because you're living in the time that this came out. I'm living in the past. <laughs> But thank you. I hope you're enjoying it. There's a new season should be starting quite soon. So get prepared for that. It should be a lot of fun. Tell a friend. This is your job for 2023. 2023 is to get people to listen to Escape This Podcast. Perfect. So tell everybody. All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, see, see you, you later. next time. Bye. Bye.